Hello and welcome to the Millennial Department series, where I'll share my experiences with money, substance abuse, mental health and more, alongside hearing your stories on how you've dealt with life under 35. Remember to subscribe, review and share if you haven't already, I'd really appreciate it. Level 1, Boba Level 2, the Millennial Department. As previously mentioned in Series 1, I really want to hear your stories on how you've dealt with topics I've discussed about myself. So let's continue Series 2 with a very special guest, Fiona, aka the Millennial Money Woman. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to have you on at this fine time of day. <laughs> I know. I, You know, I was so excited about it the entire day. And now that it's evening, it's finally here. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So let's just dive straight in and tell us a little bit about yourself. I guess I am your money nerd. I absolutely love anything and everything to do with money. And I got my master's degree in personal financial planning, and I earned my uh, certified financial planner certificate, a CFP, which is kind of like the equivalent to being a financial ninja. Then I founded the Millennial Money Woman, which is basically a financial literacy online platform for anyone really who's interested about learning about money, but maybe doesn't really know how to start or where to start. And the goal here with this website is to just kind of break down these more complex topics into simple step-by-step guides, you know, show you that it's actually not that scary. That is so amazing, everything you're doing. And we're going to touch on a few of those little things that you've talked about. But first, I must ask you, when we should gradually have personal finance management introduced to us, what age bracket would you put it at? Oh, that's such a good question. And to be honest with you, I think the most important age is as early as possible. I mean, I think, you know, I wish I learned about money from a young age on. So I would put that probably being age 12 to 15, just to kind of understand what the true value of a dollar or a pound in your case is. Because, you know, most kids like myself, I didn't know what the value of a dollar is. I thought, I I literally thought back then, I'm like, ah, a dollar can buy anything because I actually didn't know how hard someone has to work for, you know, a dollar or $10 or whatever it is. So quite frankly, as early as possible, but assuming that, you know, obviously we didn't get the chance to learn that in school, the second year out of school, you know, I would say, get out there. Yeah, completely there actually should be an age where in school, they kind of go, you know, this is actually how you manage your personal finances, instead of the question being, you know, something relative to, you know, how many people are getting a a slice of pie, actually, it should be, how far does your pie go? That's exactly right. And you know, again, you bring up a great point, because basic financial literacy would be so helpful and benefit so many people. You know, I think for at least in America, We have this, you know, unbelievable student loan debt crisis where students from college, they owe over combined, I think, over a trillion dollars in student debt. And it just keeps going up and up and up. They they weren't taught that. What is a loan? And when do you have to pay a loan? And what how does interest rate apply with a loan? And I think if students were really knowledgeable about this topic from an early age, as in high school or middle school, right? So between ages 12 to 18, they could make a more informed decision before taking on a $100,000 loan or a $200,000 loan for studying photography in college, 
or something where they normally could, you know, instead of going to college and taking on $200,000 of debt, they could do an internship and maybe even be paid and then go out into the field. But now without that knowledge, right, beforehand in high school or middle school, now they're taking on these hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And it's just setting them back so much in their lives. And I know that because I have a really good friend of mine who literally took photography as now $120,000 in debt. And yeah, it's just it's wow. unbelievable. Yeah. I just have a, a bit of a curious question. So as a certified financial planner, do you feel there's peer pressure to spend money from the environment we have around us? Oh, this is a good question. Yes, 100%. I mean, you know, a lot of times, uh, at least, you know, also being a financial planner, certified financial planner, um, being in a specific group of friends, you're always expected at some degree to live up to a certain type of reputation. Right. So if you're, you know, in finance, a lot of your friends, for example, will expect you to have, you know, a nice car or a newer car. They expect you to wear those nice watches, you know, or great shoes, go to the newest bars or newest restaurants. Basically, you're in the social scene. And when you're in the social scene, you know, it costs money. So absolutely, there is peer pressure out there as it relates to money. If you say, no, I'm sorry, my budget needs to be a little bit more focused. I can't go out tonight. It's hard to kind of separate yourself from that peer pressure. But, you know, in the end, you got to do what's best for you. That kind of falls onto whilst we're talking about peer pressure, is becoming a millionaire important for happiness? Um, off the top of my head, I'm actually going to say having a million dollars in your bank is not necessary to be happy. And the reason why I actually read a lot of studies on this to be happy in terms of income, you really only need about $70,000 a year or, or maybe, you know, 60,000 pounds roughly um, a year to be happy to truly be happy. Because, you know, as they say, the more money you make, or the more money you have, there are also a lot more problems that go along with that. So happiness, not necessarily. However, a million dollars in the bank account, I'm pretty sure will help improve peace of mind and probably help you sleep at night a little bit more because you know, you know, once retirement is coming, if you do want to retire at some point in your life, you at least have that nest egg. I think the thing for me has always been money hasn't created happiness, but it has created opportunity. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. with that opportunity, I've experienced more things, which has gained happiness within myself, because I've been happy with that experience. I've not necessarily been happy with the money, but I've been happy with almost the reward it has given me as such. That's fantastic. And that's a great way to put it too. I mean, money, like you said, it, it can really get you those experiences. And that's really what you take with you, you know, down the road. So definitely agreed. Yeah. What does a successful financial plan look like? The fact that there is no real credit card debt, it can actually pretty much damage or, or ruin your financial plan uh, because of the interest rate that's associated with credit card debt. The second thing that the most successful financial plans really have is an emergency savings fund. And that's basically a liquid cash account, if you will, that is available for you to tap into during emergencies, like unexpected expenses. So 
you have a flat tire, instead of using your credit card, you actually withdraw money from your emergency savings fund and spend 500 bucks for that. And then the third thing is all about consistency. You have just summed it all up there because consistency is literally key. Because when you start learning about money and you start learning, you can invest it, you can save it. You have to have several different kind of streams of not just income, but actually for savings as well. You know, you can't just go, oh, well, I'll just save this for a rainy day. Because then when you start to dip into that every single rainy day, guess what? When there's a sunny day, you haven't got any money. That's exactly right. So if you were to tell your younger self a few things about personal finance without talking too much jargon, essentially, what would they be? Um, There are a couple of things I would tell my younger self. The first thing, it's actually not even related to money that much. It's related to networking. And I think that in some way it is indirectly related to making money and making a good living. Because in the end, a lot of times your job or your advancement in your career or your position is based on your network or how well you are able to form relationships with people. The second thing I would tell myself is literally invest every single cent low cost index funds. Like investing really is not that sexy. I think a lot of people think that, you know, to be an investor, you have to be a day trader and you need to know the difference between Apple and Tesla on any given day. To be successful, you actually don't need to do that. You don't have to. You literally find yourself an index fund, which is which basically means you're looking for a fund that invests in like 500 different companies. So if one company goes bankrupt, your actual investment isn't going to be impacted because you're diversified, right? You have your risk spread out over 499 other companies, you know, pretty solid investment strategy for the beginner, at least. The third point is open up a Roth IRA. So in America, uh, we have this thing called a Roth IRA. And what that is, is basically, um, it's a tax advantaged account. And it specifically helps those people who are um, younger, so millennials, and those people who aren't at their full earning potential yet, because it basically takes into account right now, you have to pay taxes on what you contribute to your Roth IRA, but down the road, you can take out anything tax-free, essentially. The fourth thing is don't be afraid to be the dumbest person in the room. If I had other professionals around me that were 10 times smarter than me, but the chances are that's going to happen. People are going to be smarter from you and you have to learn from them, especially learn from their failures so you can you know, not make the same mistakes they did. And you get years and years ahead of those people. So in summary, diversification, consistency, and learning from mistakes can all go towards a longevity-filled financial plan. That's exactly right. And like you said, it's all about that long-term mindset. You probably won't become a millionaire tomorrow by investing. It's going to be a long-term commitment. For me, if I was to tell my younger self anything, I would say, keep taking the path you're taking. Because for me, instead of them being mistakes, they were kind of lessons in hindsight. Mm -hmm. At 19, I was spending ridiculously. And then I I think I got to like 
maybe 22 and I thought, wow, like money does not go that far. Money does not grow on trees. You don't need to sit around old men and pretend you're going to completely become them suddenly. You know, I mentioned that in the podcast about, you know, these expensive dinners around executives of companies thinking I could just automatically become one of them. And if anything, I just completely stood out. I just did not fit in. You know, I was just this 19 year old lad amongst 50 year olds in this really nice restaurant. And it happened on many occasions. And I thought nothing of it until I kind of reassessed myself and the way I was spending money. And I was like, is this long term? Is this for the better of me? Yep, that's a fantastic way to look at things and fail forward, really, right? So I mean, I I love how you said you basically take a step back and look at, you know, did that work? What didn't work? And why didn't it work? And then try to build upon that and not really, you know, try to chide yourself or chastise yourself for doing something wrong, because chances are you probably didn't know any better. So yeah, I love I love that strategy. Well, thank you. That that does mean a lot coming from a financial planner. Past the nitty gritty in it, if you look at it, be smart with your money. You know, there's there's people who are smart with their money and they've not got a lot of money. And there's people with lots of money who aren't very smart. That's right. And, you know, that's a fantastic point, too, because your income doesn't necessarily dictate how wealthy you are. Like you pointed out, you know, you could be earning a lot of money six figures or whatever it is, and you still might have zero dollars or negative dollars to your name. I think a lot of times your status is judged in part, at least, you know, based on what you wear or what car you drive, whatever it is. And it's unfortunate that we judge each other. You know, most of the time, those people that are successful they don't typically, typically they don't show off their success by, you know, driving these luxury cars all the time or wearing these $20,000 watches all the time. It's typically more understated. Well, you're hearing that everyone from someone who lives in Florida. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes. Miami. I'm very close to that area. Thank you for your time today, Fiona. It's been a pleasure, honestly. It was a pleasure too. I mean, I absolutely love discussing money with you. It was great. If anyone listening wants to find your financial planning blog or wants to get in touch, where can they find you? You can find me one of many different ways. So first and probably the easiest is my blog, The Millennial Money Woman. I have a contact page there and all you got to do is simply write your name, uh, email, and I will respond to you uh, very quickly. The other two ways are via Twitter. So my Twitter handle is the underscore MMW, like the millennial money woman. And uh, Pinterest, you can also find me and that's simply just going to be the millennial money woman. Amazing. Thank you for that. If you've dealt with anything covered in series one or two, then get in touch on Instagram at itsbobpod or online at bobify.uk slash contact. Thank you and tune in next week for a new guest and a new perspective.